You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we've got back a friend of the show, Troy from Texans Cap, the cap guru for the Texans. And just great general knowledge from him as well. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, along with co-host Brian Patterson from FansidedHouseOfHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And on the line with us is Troy from TexansCap.com. He's at TexansCap on Twitter. And the funny little side story this week, Troy, is Case Keenum versus Bill O'Brien. Keenum said in his book that when OB told him he was cut, that Coach O'Brien, quote, looked right at me and told me I'd never be more than a third-string quarterback in the NFL. O'Brien, in his Monday presser, claims that he never said that. Who do you believe, Troy? Oh, I would probably believe O'Brien on this. I mean, we saw how he treated the players during the Hard hard Knocks episode, especially during the release process. He was a very straightforward this is what we're doing. This is why and moved on. Even if you remember the the release on uh, Travis Labhart, how he talked to him, you know, in a positive manner, you know, that he felt he might be better suited as a coach. And I just find it really hard to believe that he would just flat out just say that straight to Keenum like that. Yeah, Obi said, I guess I'll have to read his book. I'll have to order that on Amazon. He, he went on to say, that's not my job, guys. That's not my job. No, I'm, I'm kidding about that. <laughs> but but uh, we're recording this Monday night, the trade deadline tomorrow, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central. Uh, what's the most you'd be willing to give up, Troy, for the rumored receivers on the market? You know, your Deshaun Jackson's Golden Tate, Demarius Thomas, Pierre Garcon or whoever. Well, I think just given based on Gaines' short short draft history, I think anything beyond a fourth is about as high as I would go. I think you can f- find impact players in the third round, as we're seeing that with Justin Reed this year. So I think with four picks in the first three rounds, I think Gaines desperately wants to hang on to those picks to have his first full draft with a full slate of picks. If you're looking at Probably Deshaun Deshaun Jackson's probably going to garner the biggest amount of draft compensation. Probably, you know, a, a second, maybe a third, or if it's a second, maybe you swap day three picks with uh, in the sixth round or something along those lines. Appears the latest latest rumors is the team is heavily looking at Demarius Thomas based on latest reports, and he's got one year left on his contract. It's a heavy heavy contract in 2019 at $14 million salary, but the Texans can easily absorb that. So if they can get someone like Thomas for a fourth rounder, I would probably be pretty content with something like that. Someone else, like you mentioned, Pierre Garçon, I think he might be a little bit later, maybe like a fifth round, but he's got, I think three years left on his contract after 2018 and each year is a option year. So either of those players would definitely bring, they uh, definitely fill in some of the gap. They're not going to be the burner that Will Fuller was, but you can definitely tailor the offense and build around that because you'll have another threat receiver, regardless if he's a burner or a body guy like Demarius Thomas, so that you're not getting the double coverage on Hopkins all the time. So the Texans definitely will be nice to bring in the need, even if it's just for a, an eight-game rental. So I'm excited to see what happens tomorrow. Usually the trade deadline's pretty pretty uneventful with a lot of hype so 
Last year, there was some moves at the last second. Teams are starting to realize that they can give up fourth and fifth and sixth round picks for veterans and be okay when it comes back around draft time. So hopefully the Texans are aggressive and uh, make a move tomorrow. Explain the position the Texans are in compared to other teams at the deadline, given their cap space. I mean, this is something that should be working to their advantage, correct? Yeah, they, they've they've got, I think, around 20, 23 and some change, 23 million and some change on uh, – cap space for this year if they if they did take on someone like Demarius Thomas his salary is 8.5 million this year but that's through the whole season so at this point you're only paying for eight games so 4.25 million easily can take that on there's literally nobody that they couldn't trade for from a salary cap standpoint I'll throw another name at you and Brian if you want to chime in on this one too I'm just hearing rumblings that the Texans could be interested in Kelvin Benjamin with the Bills, which makes sense because Brian Gain loves his old team. He's a fan. Uh, he's got an expiring eight point five million on that. Uh, what did you got? What do you guys think? Is he a tight end or a wide receiver? That is a gigantic individual when it comes to wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a big target. I don't I don't know how he fits in this high power, you know, a lot of speed Yankee concept you know, offense. So, you know, I, at this point, I, I, the team needs some kind of threat on the other side, whether it's a vertical threat or a big guy, we just need another person because Sammy Coates and Vincent Smith are not going to intimidate anybody and they're just going to slide all the coverage over to Hopkins. So they need to have some kind of threat over there. And I really do feel that uh, Kelvin Benjamin's not going to cut the mustard. The guy that's going to, to fit perfectly with the Texas is Deshaun Jackson. He's going to cost you the most, but I think it's worth it to go on and, and pay up for that. There's going to be a chance that you may not have them next year. I mean, because, you know, there's a, what, a 10 million cap charge. But if they want to cut them, they can do so. They can get out of it easily if that were the case. He is still speedy. I mean, he's 31, uh, but yet he is, he's just not getting the targets. And I think there's some rip between he and Jameis. Well, Jameis has been benched, so maybe that's been solved. But I think if you can get – uh, the Buccaneers to talk and offer them something, you know, like a fourth. And I don't know, Troy, but how about, you know, offering maybe a, a, a day three pick you know, in 2019 or maybe, you know, it, it doesn't have to be all in 2018. Maybe you can split the pick and give, uh, um, excuse me, 2020, I'm sorry. So a 2019 high pick in, in the fourth round and then maybe a day three pick in 2020, would, be, would they be willing to wait on that? Because, again, you can still – do pretty well drafting in the later rounds if you know how to draft right, but it doesn't have to all be in 2019. Yeah, that's a fair point. And, you know, you, there's multiple ways you can go about this. And I, yeah. I, the point that you're making is spot on. If if you're going to have to give up that day, th- that day two pick, then that's when you got to really, cons- you got to really work hard to get something back on day three, whether it's 2020 or 2019. So if it's a, I send a two to Tampa Bay. They send me Deshaun, and we swap picks in the sixth round or whatever that may be, or send back a sixth or a seventh. I think that's about the only way that you move. You're able to get Deshaun Jackson while giving up the two. And, I mean, it, he fits perfectly. He's got the speed. He's he's a burner. He gets past his wide receivers very quickly. He's got good hands. There, there are – other burners out there, but there's there's nobody else really available or considered available besides Deshaun Jackson. I haven't heard anything else with other players besides the ones we've already talked about. I don't know if Texans would consider calling Los Angeles for someone like 
Travis Benjamin, who's also a burner with four three wheels, but has a bad case of the dropsies when it comes to catching the ball. He's about half the price of Deshaun Jackson, and he's getting little to no playing time with the Chargers right now. So I don't know if they even. I'm sure the team's doing their due diligence and calling every every person, every team that they can if they're really really serious about getting a wide receiver. But if it's if you're looking for a burner, I, I agree, Brian. Deshaun Jackson is the way to go. And you mentioned there about Golden Tate. Uh, Golden Tate is one of those guys as well. Three and a half million cap charge uh, for this year. Once you consider it spread out over eight games, he has a lot of issues with drops too, and he's not getting the ball as much. But uh, you could put Golden Tate in that category as well. Yeah, with with that being just a straight up eight game rental, then the compensation would have to be pretty low. I I, I don't know if I could go more than a fifth rounder at best yeah. for Tate because you, there's no incentive for him to to guarantee that he resigns with your team and well the shot the shot jackson's a rental too i mean you know to me he's somebody that i don't think the texans are going to want to pay 10 million which is what he got he's got next year and they could i guess they could try to renegotiate with deshaun jackson if he likes it but you got will fuller and how much are you willing to put into that particular position if fuller comes back healthy i mean that's the that's the issue with the texans right there because if you're going to give up even a fourth round pick, the Texans, you know, it's different with Brian Gain. It looks like he's a better drafter. I, I just think you got to factor all that in now. And I don't know if Gain wants to do it because he thinks I can do better than Rick Smith. I can get guys that for cheap in the fourth round. In the fourth round, I think you still can get guys that are uh, starters, you know, at least decent starters, not great starters, but you can get decent starters in the fourth round if you do it right. But yeah, all, all that stuff is is something to consider. And, and you know what, uh, Troy, I want to pick your brain on the big picture thoughts from the Texans team. But uh, first, let me just quickly remind the listeners that if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, tell your friends, let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes, support us by sharing our show links with your social media followers. You can also take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. That helps us a bunch too. And email LockedOnTexans at mail.com for questions or comments so we can bring you into the conversation. And don't forget our partners over at Vivid Seats because you just don't want to watch the Texans from home where you can be at NRG Stadium in person. Thanks to Vivid Seats. They offer great prices for NFL games, concerts, theater, all live events. And our listeners receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if you're a first-timer. Just use the exclusive promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all one word. You know how to spell that. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter the promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of more than or $200 or more for new customers only. It's a great way to save money the next time you go to a game. And Vivid Seats wants to help you get there. Troy, how, how are you looking at the Texans' big picture this season? And is there anything you're noticing that you think isn't getting enough conversation, maybe under the radar? Well, I think if we, I think the offensive line, you know, is always going to have their discussion with the rough start they had. And then by comparison, the big improvement the last two weeks. I remember I was listening to Greg Mance on the radio with the, with on the Houston, on the Houston Texans show. And he was talking about how him and Kendall Lamb have spent so much time together especially during camp that they both know what each, what each other is thinking just by nods, just by visual cues. And so I think there's not, hasn't been enough discussion just on them two specifically and how they're playing together, how they're working together and how 
all that camp time next to each other is paying off dividends now, especially with the team able to run the ball again and able to at least keep Watson upright and limit the amount of hits that he's getting these last two weeks. So I think that's a big aspect. Yes, the offensive line is always going to be a hot topic, but I just don't think the end, end of the weeds discussion is happening enough, especially with Greg Mance and Kendall Lamb have just done a, especially Kendall Lamb just done a complete 180 from what, how he performed last year coming into this year and just really has stepped up at right tackle. And I wouldn't, I'm not saying he's an all pro by any means, but he is above service service level at this point, And hopefully he can keep it up for the rest of the season. Where do you think they are on Jadavion Clowney right now? I don't think there's any way Jadavion Clowney leaves us, leaves Houston. I think they're going to do everything in their power to sign him, whether it's going to be a, a, a contract that's going to be up there with Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald level of pay or if they're if they have to, they'll use the franchise tag to keep to extend that negotiating window into July. I just don't see any way that Clowney is not on this roster next year. The team is, as we as we discussed in the past, the team is in great great shape when it comes to cap dollars. If they're going to have over eighty million dollars available next year, but they also have a lot of mouths to feed. We've got the Jadavion Clowney who's going to command a huge contract and. If they do do an extension with him, do they front load it like they did DeAndre Hopkins and to smooth out the cap hits in the following years? Is J.J. Watt going to request a new contract with the Willet? His his level of play has come back around. Tyron Matthew, he's going to, from what I understand, the team's going to work very hard to keep him around. Then you have other players like Christian Covington, Angela Blackson, Kareem Jackson, who's having another career year playing all over the field, whether it's a box safety, free safety, or cornerback. So while it seems like we've got a lot of money in the war chest, it's going to go real quick once you sign three or four of these guys back to the roster. Compared the Brian Gain era to the Rick Smith era, I remember you were talking about there's a formula uh, putting together, you know, how to, to spend with the salary cap. It was like a matrix. I think you described it as last time we talked. Uh, what about Brian Gaines' strategy in terms of comparing it to Rick Smith? Were they similar? Were they different? What are you thinking there as far as what you're seeing uh, with their daily transactions and how they're spending their money? Well, the structures are, are staying the same because the guy who, who does all the contracts, Chris Olson, still in place. So that okay. luckily hasn't, hasn't deviated from that. But it's still early to say of how Gain is going to prioritize his roster versus how Rick Smith prioritized his roster. You know, it's still early in the game. Hopefully, he's going to have a lot of holes to fill along the uh, defensive line next year, especially on the on the reserve group. You know, he put a lot of effort into the to the secondary, especially the safety group this year. So, hopefully, we'll see how he transitions that uh, spending habits into uh, more skilled players, or if he's more of a trench guy. He, when he first joined the Texans and had his had his uh, press conference, I believe, when he went through positions of order, whether or not he really values them in this order, I believe, offensive line, defensive line, and then he got into skill players and cornerbacks and secondary was kind of low on his list. However, he's had pretty pretty strong relevance in getting that position group back up to where it needs to be because the safety group was something that was always a struggle under Rick Smith. So, It'll be interesting to see how he divvy up how he divvies up the money come 2019, so we can get a better accurate picture of compared against uh, Rick Smith. What do you think is going to be the biggest concern and the biggest challenge cap wise coming in the near future? I mean, Clown is going to be the biggest one. It's it's 
probably going to be such a big contract that many of the fans are not going to like it, not going to agree with it. And it's just Mm. the nature of the business. Clowney bet on himself. He, from my understanding, I I think the team wanted to get him signed this off season and he held off on uh, re-signing the contract. His agent, Bus Cook, has negotiated some of the largest contracts in the history of the game with Brett Favre and Calvin Johnson. So I don't think Bus Cook's going to let him get off easy. And he's just gonna, he's going to demand a huge contract, whether we like it or not. It's the nature of the business, so it's coming. You know, other than that, I think I'm curious to see how the safety market does. It was just in complete turmoil this past offseason. Safeties weren't getting any money. And I'm kind of curious to see if it rebounds or not. But it's going to be a crowded market again because you're going to have, I think, LaMarcus Joyner out of Los Angeles. we got Tyron Matthew. we got Ha Ha Clinton Dix out of Green Bay. And there's a couple other safeties that are escaping my mind. But it's going to be, in addition to um, Earl Thomas out of Seattle, if he comes back healthy. So I don't know if that means it's going to rebound or if, if it's going to be so much talent on the market that it's going to stay barren again. So I'm kind of curious to see how that affects Tyron Matthew on a new contract with the Texans, but he seems very happy here. The team seems to really love him. They're showcasing him. They're really marketing him very heavily on the social media front with the Houston Texans Twitter account. So I, I think those two guys, Matthew and Clowney are definitely priority one a and one B come 2019 March. I want to hit you with a conundrum the Texans might have over the offseason and see what you would do. Uh, You sort of got into it a little bit there, but uh, I want to get a little bit more into it. But first, just a reminder that our Locked On NBA podcast with David Locke has added Sam Amick from The Athletic and Ben Golliver of SI to the weekly lineup. And if you listen to Locked On NFL, you'll hear former Texan Sage Rosenfeld, Rosenfels every week, along with ESPN's Mike Sando and Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner. Got to talk about our partners over at Swap.com because, man, isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes? Why do we buy new kids' clothes if they just throw them away in a few months? And wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? And there is. It's called Swap.com, the, world largest, the world's largest consignment and thrift store, stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles wasted each year, but shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something we can all feel good about. And with Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off the retail price on your favorite brands like Nike, J. Crew, and The Gap. Quality hand-inspected items are added every day. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. And we got a special offer for our listeners. Get 35% off, off selected items for your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, also, you can find cool new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. So LOCKEDON is the code. Go to Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. So, Troy, you mentioned a little bit, but Kareem Jackson and Ty Matthew, free agents this offseason. Luckily, Justin Reed has looked really good. What would you do or what do you think the Texans might do with Jackson and Matthew? And Because they've been excellent so far. And then you've also got, I, I should mention, Dre Hal. You know, he's healthy and back in the mix. A little shoulder problem last week, but the, the, cancer, uh, the cancer problem looks to be solved for the moment. So what do you do with those? Do you think they can sign both Matthew 
and Kareem Jackson? I think they can. Now, will they? I'm leaning towards I think Kareem Jackson ends up walking as a free agent. It's going to break a lot of hearts of the fans because everybody is just enamored with how well he has stepped up when he's moved to safety position. However, majority, more of his snaps have been at cornerback than they have been at safety. He's just he's just playing fantastic all over the field. I think he's just going to he's going to find himself a strong market for another for his second big contract. And I, it just wouldn't surprise me if the Texans let him walk. They they saw it. They we've seen his ups and downs, and I I just get the feeling I think he's going to end up walking. And then keep Tyron Matthew around, and you keep the three the three safety rotation with Matthew, Dre Howell, and Justin Reed for the neck for the foreseeable future. And then you continue your resign Clowney. Hopefully, you know, you keep Merciless around in the last year of his contract as well, and you keep that that rotation on the outside linebacker group as well. So, hopefully, the despite the the cornerback situation, the rest of the position groups should say stay pretty consistent with what you're seeing now. Does it feel like you're getting all this from Kareem because if it's a contract year? Or do you think a lot of this has to do with just the way they're utilizing him this year? But even in the cornerback spot, he's looked good. And, and he hasn't looked good in a couple of years from the cornerback spot. It's hard to say. I mean, you can you can go back and look at his look at his career. And it's, you know, 24, or 2015, he had a fantastic year, then signed the contract. And now he's back having another fantastic year in the contract year. So I'm not trying to say that it exactly is that. But, I mean, it... To, things just are just lining up to where he's doing well. He's going to, his market is going to be strong. And I'm just not sure that it's going to be a worthwhile investment to, to, for him to repeat his performance for another two or three years. Maybe he'll surprise me and he'll go out and he'll light it up for another two or three years. I'm just not convinced that it's going to happen. Interesting stuff, as always, Troy. It's Texans.com, right? You working on anything over there? Texanscap.com. And unfortunately, things have been a little slow. Uh, work has been tying me up with things, so I haven't been able to write as much as I've wanted to. Kind of feel like I'm letting everybody down this year, but hopefully we'll get back on it and get some more uh, get some more articles back up for everybody. Always fun to talk to you. Thanks a bunch for doing this. And just want to remind everybody before we take off, LockedOnTexans.com. That's the place to go. We got some great writers working on stuff over there, as well as all the information on the podcast, the links and everything that you'll need for there. Brian's work is on houseofhouston.com. You got my Houston Sports Talk podcast. If you want to listen to more stuff about Astros and Rockets and what's going on in Houston sports, that's all we got for this one. Hopefully we'll be talking about maybe a new Texan tomorrow. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.